Okay, I'm gonna just jump. I'm, I'm gonna jump right into this and introduce you to those who are listening. And well, I'll just go from there. Britt Barron is a speaker, yeah. teacher, and author of Worth It. Britt spent the first part of her life in the evangelical church and eventually became a pastor at a mega church at the ripe age of 26. I'm reading this from your about page on your website. Oh yes. Um, after peaking too soon, which I love that statement, she started to understand more about herself, her dreams, and her sexuality. She met a woman named Sammy that changed, saved, and transformed her whole life. Meeting Sammy, leaving the church, coming out, getting married, have given Brit a deep-seated passion for reminding people that choosing freedom is always worth it, no matter the cost. Brit and Sammy live in Southern California with their dog, Charles Barkley, and their house full of plants that they treat like children. And Brit is equally passionate about having honest and at times difficult conversations and also finding joy every single day and making time to have as much fun as possible. And it also says Brit is known for her ability to tell a story, uh, which is true after listening to you tell your stories on your Audible book, for her approachable method of teaching, for finding the ways in which we're all connected, and of course also for her dance moves. And by the way, you say we can call you Beans, so Beans. Yes. (laughs) Yes, please. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. <clears throat> I was just talking to someone earlier today and I was like, I feel like when this year started out, it was like January, February. I was like, wow, I really like the slow pace that this year is picking on. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Not so much. Like, this is uh, the busiest I've been in since 2019. So, wow. you know, figuring that out. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time in the midst of all the busyness to to talk to us today and we like Phil said we just we've just finished uh listening to your audible the book um worth it and we just loved I feel like we know you now it it's does. kind it of a weird thing like, yeah. like, you tell your stories because you're telling your stories and it's actually your voice which I always appreciate um and yeah, yeah. we were both like we just love her we feel like we were friends already like I'm, I'm like connecting with an old friend kind of a weird thing. which is really funny yeah I so. love that you have no idea who we are but no, I, that happens all the time. Like, especially <clears throat> I live in LA and it's like sort of influencer central. Mm, yeah. And totally. there are people that like I follow on Instagram. So like, I know their kids' names and their dog and like, <laughs> you know, they're like routine. And then you see them and you're like, oh my gosh, how's James? And I'm like, who are you? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it makes it weird to run into people when there's not a lot to talk about because they already know. Totally. Makes for awkward conversations. What a world we live in, yeah. Seriously. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you're up to and your work? I mean, I think the intro gave us some, but. You're busy like crazy. What are you up to? What am I up to? So I'm working on book number two, which is exciting. exciting. Um, And uh, sort of a side uh, thing that I've always done um, is like anti-racism work. Uh, and so that's been uh, pretty uh, in demand yeah. uh, over the past few years, yeah. uh, as it should always be, I suppose. And uh, then I, so I was uh, a pastor okay. at this mega church and then found my way to a church called New Abbey here in LA. Um, and then I actually took a year off of all things church, faith related, spirituality, just a year to on myself and um so now i'm back at new abbey after that that year-long break um and that's been amazing as well so when was that break uh so that was 
um, mid 2020. Okay. Okay. Um, until I came back in November. So are you back on in the role of pastoring? Yes. Back, back on. Oh yeah. Well, that explains the business <laughs> yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it. Wow. And you said, so yeah. a year of a break from all spirituality, faith related, like, what do you mean by that? Um, so truly my wife and I moved to Austin for a year. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, no church, no, we didn't have a big community there obviously. And, uh, weren't really building one as it was mid pandemic. Um, sure. and so, yeah, we just took a year to say like, Okay. At that point I had been coming up on almost 10 years, like in ministry, which is wild because I'm not even that old, <laughs> but you know, I'm like, just what? jumped right what? in. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Um, and I was sort of like, you know, even new Abbey as it's a very progressive and a lot of things are about it that I love and are different. Um, but I sort of went from mega church, almost kind of straight into that in some mm. ways. And so I was like, I, I just need to know what I, believe what I feel what I want to do what I want to participate in and and why yeah um and kind of there's no other way than just to like set it all down um so even in leaving I didn't have like a oh I'll be back in a year it was Mm. I need to stop and I don't know what will happen next wow yeah did you start new abbey I did not so um A co-pastor, Corey, uh, the other pastor, and Abby, he started it. Um, and I came on a couple years in. We've been really doing it together, though, as it's as it's grown. Um, it started in his living room um, and then a little coffee shop. Uh, and then I came on and we sort of started meeting somewhere and and doing the whole thing. So it's, it it was a it was tough to to sort of take a, a step back, but yeah, 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 worth it. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's such an identity to it. Yeah. It, you know, and uh, Corey, he always says, no one gives you the title of pastor. Like either you're the person that, you know, your, your friends call or you're not, or you're, you're, yep. you sit in that role or you experience that or not. There's no, you know, ceremony that can, um, you are that and you just decide whether or not you want to be that at a church or, um, yep. if you're going to find another way. So it was a fun, um, it was a good year. I don't know if you guys know Scott Erickson. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. I know, so, of, I know of him and his work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott, Scott, the painter. Yeah. Um, when we moved to Austin, we were actually like neighbors. We oh, wow. family, but, That's amazing. And, uh, they had him and his family had just moved there as well. And so, we we had met a few years back at this like Richard Rohr event, of course. <laughs> and so when we got to Austin, we started just having these weekly coffee hangs. And that was a big, I found myself only wanting to talk about like faith, spirit, like how do these things interact with our lives and what's next and what's after deconstruction and what, mm-hmm. what comes next after church and like, yes, purity culture is done but now that we've established that like what do we how do we develop a healthy sexual ethic so many things and um towards the end of of the year i was like okay wait this is this is all i want to talk about and i'm glad i figured that out 
organically. Mm. Um, and Scott was like, yeah, this is for him too. Um, Cause we have, you know, we have partners who are kind of in similar places too. And so it was like our nerdy faith talks and the partners are out, you know, charging crystals and it just was a fun, <laughs> it was just the best year, you know? Did you, uh, did you plan awesome. to move next to him or it just happened that way? Uh, it just happened that way. No way. So you stumbled yeah. into this safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was so delightful. We, we had met maybe once or twice. Um, we had a ton of mutual friends. So yeah, he was definitely a shining, shining spot in that year. Mm, such a cool, unexpected, you know, thing. We, yes, just yes. so you know a little bit about our story, we uh, planted and led a church for 12 and a half years here in Orange County. Oh, and so, um, 28, we were tw so like similar how you were talking about 26, you were a pastor at this mega church. We planted yeah. at 28. But I mean, yes. straight out of college, like he's youth pastoring and same thing. Like we're just straight in yeah. to, to ministry life. And we just stepped out in February of, um, what year was that? 20? A year, a year ago, oh, February? 2021, yeah. In 14 months. So okay. we're in that space wow. now. And I think it is it is so interesting how you're like, oh, like no matter where we are and what we're doing, we just are pastors. Like that's just what yep. it's, you can't. You can't take that hat off. It's just kind of who we are. So it's interesting how that's kind of being reaffirmed again and again in this last season. So yeah. anyway. Well, and it's interesting too, like you say, the conversations, like you need space to have conversations like you're having that yeah. you have to, like. In, but that role is such a wild role because it is your whole life. It's your vocation. It's your spirituality. It's your community. It's your friends. It's your... It's your paycheck. It's like everything wrapped up into one big public ball of enmeshment. Enmeshment <laughs> that you have to like step out of to, to really process things like you're describing. So it's yeah, it is. It's it's such a funny. It's such a an interesting life that you. I try to find you know in in some positive and some negative ways. I I have a handful of friends in LA who are influencers like truly they that's like what they do that's how they make their living and they do well and and I'm like this is weirdly similar in some ways and I think some of the some of the worst ways hmm. I oh. think there there's this pressure with um so like if you've created a, a, a persona right you're like I'm the fashion girl on Instagram. Like, that's what I do. I always know the next fashions and I, um, I'm all up to date and I'm like ranking people's Coachella outfits. Like that's, yeah. that's a, it's a, like, yeah. it's a veneer you've created. Yeah. Um, but because you've created that veneer, your audience only wants you to show up as that. Like mm -hmm. if you come on camera one day and you're like, Hey, like, I just really want to talk about something that's on my heart and like what's happening in Ukraine. People are like, boo, like, you know, go back to the fashion. Yeah. Where's your mm -hmm. outfit? I totally. Think, <clears throat> yeah. I think in the same way, you have this idea as a pastor, you know, um, I, I don't think a, a, it's a fair idea or a good idea or, you know, um, but that we have this veneer of this like hopeful, always like, you know, we, mm. we give that. And as soon as, you know, we, we have faith and we're so secure, all these things. Um, and then you show up at something else and people are like, 
Ooh, like bring back, the, <laughs> totally. bring back the part of you that we love like yes we this other part you know yeah and, totally that's um, it's tough sometimes yeah yeah it's it's taken me some time to kind of unpack some of that um kind of the <clears throat> the well for us we we co-planted the church together but then I still had this like pastor's wife hat it was kind of weird so mm-hmm. he he was the lead pastor and I did some teaching and stuff like that, but it wasn't like I was on staff. And she was like on the mm-hmm. um, elder team always yeah. from the beginning. Okay. Yeah. the board. I so I resonated actually so much with you told that story in the book about um, taking off your shirt, working out. And mm-hmm. you talk about how um, basically like free. And for me, I resonated from it, in it from like a little bit of a different angle, but I, that was like one of my weirdly, one of my weird things when I came out of, out of leading this church was, I think I was always like so aware of how conservative I was trying to be. And I don't even know that anyone put that on me. I just kind of like took that on. And so for me, one of the weird things that has like come off in this season was like, it was a big deal for me to go on a run and like take my shirt off and run in my sports bra just because it felt like, oh, I'm supposed to be like this buttoned up, like you know, version of myself, whatever that is. And I don't even know Which where that came from. Which is funny because we live from. at the beach. Yeah, we, we live. We go to yeah. the beach all the time. Four miles yeah, from, yeah. The, from the beach. I'm, <laughs> I wear a bikini. Like, like it's, but yeah. for some reason I can't take my shirt off when I'm running. And mm-hmm. I loved that example. Yeah. And I think there's, <clears throat> no matter how much we fight against that, like yeah. even at New Abbey all the time, we're like, listen, we are the people who are afforded like the time and energy to read and, um, prepare conversations and do these things, but we're we're not the ones who have any closer connection to yeah. right anything than you. Yep. And we can like drill and drill and drill and drill and drill, but uh, there it, there are some just funny things. And even like <clears throat> I don't know y'all's journey in terms of how you grew up and then how you see your faith now. But even though like I feel like we have rejected so many of those sort of conservative or like fundamental ideas that we were handed there are still some funny like threads totally that like yeah like taking your shirt off for a run like these things you're like no one even I'm not even saying that that's wrong but why do I have this like oh I'm I'm this now I need to and my wife is um I think she just changed it but she had a a side Instagram that was bad pastor's wife she was just like I she's like so serious and she's like I will not be like held she's fighting it do not totally like and she's you know she will not no um and I love that you know that's amazing I know I will I wouldn't let people call me that and I remember like Mm -hmm. I fought that so hard and still that's what I that's what's so weird is now that we're out of that kind of culture I'm like oh no there was stuff there that I thought I had kind of averted but yeah yeah I'm like nope there really there still is some stuff and maybe it was just me putting it on myself whatever the case it's like kind of coming off in layers it's interesting okay you talk about this in your book you talk about yeah uh, well your book's so good and it's really well oh thank you so much and you're I love the way that you process that journey but then also found a way to share it in such a helpful way and and that's like oh thank you that is deeply personal and so thank you for doing that yeah yeah thank Um, you thank you yeah but you talk about like the story of coming to terms and like in the fear loop and then you're like i'm doing it and then you you like (laughs) you you resigned and you stepped out in order Mm -hmm. to 
like be fully free, but you still weren't fully free when you stepped out. Like, yeah, what was that like? How did you get through that? You know, that's <clears throat> a great question. Uh, <laughs> but the, <clears throat> I think we have so many of us, right? We have these. Uh, I don't know how to explain this. I think we think that there is one string that we can pull and the entire sweater will just like hmm. crumble before us. Hmm. Um, but we don't realize that like it is really important to like pull on that one string. But then what you just find are like more strings and more strings and more strings um, until you sort of are finally like no longer like wearing that. Um, and that's kind of what that process felt like. I felt like, okay, if I, I just need to quit my job and then um, all the stars will align to like me being my freest, fullest, um, happiest, best self. And uh, that was a very important string to pull. Um, <laughs> but it ended up leading me to more strings and more strings and more strings, which which I'm eternally grateful for. But, um, you know, it's really hard to, um, I don't know, like redefine yourself in a lot of ways this you know you you all probably know growing up in the church going to christian schools so much of my faith was my personality was my it was this whole thing um and at the time i had no context or lens for i can come out i can be gay and i can still have my faith like at the time yeah. i felt like it was i was really choosing one or the other absolutely um and that was tough you know yeah yeah, I love how you talked about um, how you had to learn how to stop defending your existence and just show up. Can you talk about yeah. that a little bit? I really liked that was really helpful. Yeah, that's something, and I talk about this in the in the book a little bit. But that's something I I didn't realize that I had picked up at a really young age, being um, more of a tomboy, right? So being the only girl on the hockey team or the only girl here, and feeling like okay, well, I'm not just a person on this hockey team. Now I'm a girl on the hockey team and I'm like representing for all the girls and I need to show up in a certain way. And then uh, growing up in predominantly white neighborhoods, being the only person of color in certain spaces and being like, okay, I need to show up well because I'm representing this and I'm doing. Um, and even growing up, honestly, as a pastor's kid, my dad was mm -hmm. in ministry <clears throat> and feeling like, oh, okay, well, I'm showing up for my family and I'm, and I, and people, you know, and I need to, I need to defend my right to be here and, and I need to show up well, and I need to, you know, uh, make a presence. Every, everything was outside of myself. Right. Mm. Um, I was defending my presence. I was representing someone else. I was doing all these things. Um, it took me a long time to realize, Oh, the most radical thing I can do is just bring my whole self to a room for myself as myself with myself. Yeah. Um, that it doesn't need to, look like anything it doesn't need to be for anyone else I don't need to prove or justify and um I remember when we first um came out we don't really get messages like this anymore but initially it was like a lot of like messages like mm. from evangelicals or people saying you know whatever and uh, but we would get a lot of messages like how do you justify yourself you know being gay and being Christian or something um and I just would be like, oh, I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't know mm. to whom, like, and, and for what? Right. And, and it took me a long time to get there to be like, mm. how do I defend myself? I don't. 
-hmm. and um it's just really okay if you you think something else but what i've learned to do is is to be myself in a room um and that's actually far more radical than arguing with with you about my existence it's better to just exist yeah and 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 you're existing beautifully in the world and how much more does that speak to people you just going about being you and your beautiful self shining to the world it is you know yeah so yeah how long did it take because you you talk about the fear loop and you tell (laughs) some great Uh stories about it of running into old people and pulling away and like that endless fear loop that is so like because it's one thing to step out of the external constraints that keep you from being yourself, but it's a whole other thing to face the internal constraints that keep you from being yourself. Like how long did yes. it take you to really wrestle through that? And then even to realize like, oh crap, this is from within right now. That, yeah, that's the bummer part where you're like, <laughs> I fixed it. And then you're like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Um, and I don't, it was, yeah, those those two competed a lot, right? So particularly like for me, um, being queer and growing up in the church, I think I thought that what I was afraid of was people's reactions. Um, and then I got the reactions and I was okay, but I was still scared, right? And then I realized, I think I'm afraid that I am this, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm afraid of, of owning that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took a little longer, mm-hmm. Um but I didn't realize how closely they were tied. Right. So when right. we would see someone from church and I would drop Sammy's hand or these different things. And I was like, what am I struggling with? Cause I know that they could be, they could not be okay. And I would be okay. Right. But am I still struggling with like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was, I think I had years of internalized my own internalized homophobia mm-hmm. or my own, in my own ideas of who someone like me quote unquote was and how they show up in the world and what that meant um and that took a while but i I think the 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 gradual nature of that was was a beautiful journey Mm. um sort of on the public out outward side i feel like i was like working towards it working towards it and then publicly left my job and then publicly like wrote this blog like and, and there were these like big markers. And I think on the internal side, it was just so slow and gradual until one day I felt so comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. um, and, and feel grateful. We, you know, we have some friends, um, some new friends that we made and they are uh, two women who have surprisingly fallen in love with each other and mm-hmm. are very, very much, we, we looked at each other one night when they left and we were like, I remember every single second of that. Like they mm. are in the throes of being scared to tell people and what will they think? And and they both grew up um, in the church. And Sam and I all night were just like, we didn't even realize how far we have come from that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and so we just, we were like heartbroken for them, but also just felt so grateful that so many of those narratives have just, disappeared from our our brains wow wow well it's interesting in the evangelical church how it's almost like there's this through line that you can't really like question or change your mind about stuff and Mm -hmm. i think even 
that makes sense to me that you would be questioning your own upbringing, upbringing and theology around this stuff. Like, can I be this? Am I this? Is it okay that I'm this? You must feel like you're betraying someone, you know, by changing your mind. Yes. Yes. Doesn't it feel like a weird, like, I think I've just betrayed, but there's no one there. It's like, but there is, there's a lot of people, but it's a collective like energy. Yeah. And then there's this, I was just talking to a friend about this today. I feel like there was this loophole, like they saw us coming because there, (laughs) there, there was this constant sense of nagging. And my friend was just saying this recently. She's like, yeah, from time to time, I'm still like, they warned us about this though. They were like, um, you know, the narrative, like, uh, if you're backsliding or if you're doing Mm, whatever you want, like you'll, you'll find any way to like justify your life, but it's like false teaching. You know, you have these like weird narratives in your mind that you're like, wait, am I, am I just doing what they said I was going to do? Totally. Yeah. Or am I, you know, like living my truth, you know, and we, we like laugh about it. We're like, it, it's so deep in our head, this commitment to this ideology. Um, and even some of those stories have set us up to wonder if we are actually doing a good thing and mm-hmm. being truthful to ourselves, or if we are like falling and, and justifying our actions with false teachings. And you're like, mm-hmm. Whoa, like where, I didn't know that was still living in my brain, but yeah. you know, we, we had these narratives for so long. It's like existential conditioning. It just, it's deep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is very, very yeah. there. Yeah. Like, am I really, am I a heretic? Am you know, I? interesting, you know? though, is this, the, <laughs> yeah. the, like, pandemic catalyzed, like, rethinking that people are going through right now. I mean, obviously, the whole world yeah. is drastically changed and is changing, but especially in the world of faith and Christianity and spirituality, it's like, it's it's wild to see the there was always on the margins and it's easy to be like yeah but now that it's 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 actually become quite at the center of everyone going well wait a minute let's let's yeah. let's put this i mean and it helped in a terrible way all of the atrocities that happened over the last several years over the pandemic and the mm-hmm. way that a lot of the evangelical kind of nationalistic church showed itself mm-hmm. with you know race and women and sexual scandal and politics and that i mean we could just go on there's a long <laughs> list there um but it, yeah and the way that they have or haven't shown up in different spaces the, yeah the church which oh, allowed okay. for a great rethinking now yeah which i love i yeah. am i'm here for it i think yeah. you know especially early days of new abbey like we're we're talking about this stuff and we're we're <laughs> all reading Richard Rohr and we're diving into it, but there wasn't a lot of language around it. And yeah. we always say that one of the things that changed the game for New Abbey was podcasts. Mm. Not 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 our own. Right. Um, but podcasts like the liturgist, like you have all these things popping up and people are able to have language. I think deconstruction is a word that I think it just gave language to something that so many people were either experiencing or wanting to experience in their faith. Yeah. Um, I'm very interested to see what, if there will be a, as massive of a reconstruction mm-hmm. and what I'm super interested in what the church looks like moving forward. I don't think it will look or should look the same uh, or really sustainably can look. Yeah. Anything like it's looked yeah. um, in our context, at least for the past, 50 70 years yeah um 
and that's that's exciting to me uh, but it's definitely going to take an open-handedness that the church has not traditionally had yeah yeah we, we yeah we're really excited about that too that's what we're interested in that's what we're talking about really like yeah just... that's part of our i mean the, the season of the podcast we're calling it this new space there's like a new space that yeah. all of this is emerging into and it's really undefined as of yet but um, yeah i had some fascinating experiences like 2019 2018 but i mean there was a lot the leading up to that but that was like when everything came together i had a um, really dear friend who in one way worked for me she mm-hmm. was my associate pastor um her name is Christine. She's an incredible human. And then in a mm-hmm. whole other way, she was like my boss in terms of she was my mentor mm-hmm. and helping me understand like racial justice and um, advocacy and um, like activism, the whole thing. And she took me to a conference and it was actually in Dallas in 2019, the CCDA conference. Mm-hmm. And every speaker that spoke at that conference that year, I mean, whatever they were talking about in terms of um, whether it was immigration or whether it was um gun violence or whether it was the death penalty or um, racial justice, like, like whatever they were talking about, there was a, like a consistent thread of um, not intentionally, but identifying that the church had such a significant role in establishing those systemic presences that exist in our yeah, world yeah. and have one of the most significant roles in upholding those presences. And I remember having mm-hmm. like a freak out going, oh my gosh, I used to think like N.T. Wright style, like we're partnering with God to save the mm-hmm. world and mm-hmm. that's the church's job. And then all of a sudden I'm like, if we were really going to save it, we'd actually, like we're not fighting the works of the devil out there. Like we're actually, we'd have to take on like the church itself if you wanted to save the world, which is a, a shocker yeah. of a realization. I mean, yes. And I, the the Bible, this is the thing. I'm like, the Bible is wildly radical um but it's so much of it is is essentially a commentary on power Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. but it's harder to read it like that when you're one of the more most powerful empires the world has seen in the past however many hundred years and a big structure of that powerful empire is the church um and it's sort of been interwoven and so, yeah, you're absolutely right to actually do the work of the church. I think we would have to, you know, combat the church like, <laughs> and, and, and really parse out, no, what if this is empire? What if this is church? What if absolutely. this is, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the work that's happening. And it's going to force churches like, like at New Abbey. I keep giving um, Zoom hand signals. And I, I know you are. Thumbs up and you're high-fiving yeah. us and everything. Wait, how is I'm that happening? Are and... you touching something? <laughs> no, I like, and I'm trying to like make it. I don't know how it's like. <laughs> For everyone <laughs> listening, she's like, she's getting the little emojis pop up when she's doing hand signals, like a hand, a little yeah. emoji she's hand. She's like high-fiving up. herself while she's it's telling amazing. her story. I know. And I'm like, am I doing that? <laughs> she's like, right? You know. I was like, I know, that's I'm interesting. Like... I've never seen that. <laughs> um. But at New Abbey, we're, we're forced to, so every single pastor on staff at New Abbey, no one's full, no one is full-time at New Abbey. Okay. Um, and that's part intentional, but also part like the, the kind of people want to have the conversations we have, we're not going to have that, that level of sustainability financially, at least we don't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we're constantly trying to think through how do we do things because that's the way churches were supposed to, or how can we do them differently and, and what's the next phase like yeah 
two things that we, we always say, you know, sex and money are probably things that most humans think about more than anything. And, and it's the two things that the church just like doesn't talk about. They're like, right. you're on your own. Yeah. Um, and so how do we um, partner in, in business? How does the church find a sustainable business model so that we don't um, rely on what people give and what people give can go straight back into the community? How do we have conversations about developing a healthy sexual ethic in Los Angeles in 2022, that makes sense. How do we uh, combat some of these systems? How do we, you know, and it's a, it's a lot harder. I always yeah. say like, if I, if I had a lot less um, of a conscience or knew less, I would be a prosperity preacher. Yeah. And I would just dollars. Oh man. On the- into the sunset on my jet. Um, <laughs> on your jet. Yeah. Father, son, and spirit. Yeah. I yes. loved how you talked in your book about like certainty and how, yeah, that's an easier space to live in, right? Like totally. do all the right things and God will bless you. And it's very I mean, easy. It's very I mean, my heart broke listening to <laughs> you share about some of your stories. I, I wasn't raised in the church, so I feel like in some ways I have less to unpack as mm-hmm. far as this stuff goes. But I, you know, I... I started attending a church at like 14, so still pretty young. But um, you were talking about like if you did something wrong that you would feel like it was God punishing you or, I mean, that's some that's some deep stuff. You know what I mean? That's like yeah. some worldview unpacking right there. It was just like it's second nature. Of, but, it you know, you lock your keys in your car and like, that's because I kissed a boy. <laughs> you know, like it just – there was always a reason for something. Mm. And I think – the 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 fundamental root of that was um because we have we did so much work to try to explain god Mm. so well that there there needed to be a reason for everything Mm. or else the whole thing would crumble and that came so down even to our little thinking of like wait why did wait why did my roommate do that like oh is it because i did that like there was always cause and effect because um that's how God was, was explained to us. And that's how we were able to keep our certitude of because it's cause and effect. If you abide by these rules and you stay in line with this thing, then the effect will be good. Um, and in order to do that, you need to keep participating in the system. And it, it, that, that's a thing where I feel like a lot of us are less noticeable. They just go mm-hmm. so far down into our thinking that you're like, you know, why did this bad thing happen? There must be a reason this bad thing happened because um, that's how God works, right? There's an economy of God and, mm. you know, they were, God rewards good for good and bad for bad. So, um, yeah. and I think it's way more messy. Yeah. It's so messy. It's nuanced. It's complicated. And the best part about it, what makes God God is that we actually don't know. Right. We are yeah. unable to fully explain it. The moment you feel like you've got a full grasp on it, I'm like, that's not God. I don't know what it is. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, I don't know, your guys thoughts on this but i think there's a lot of people who are already questioning these things yeah but i think they stay in in these systems and in these churches um because the certitude is nice oh yeah whether or not you even believe it truly believe it it's it's nice to feel like you have a handle on um what it means to be human because Mm -hmm. not having one and realizing oh this is wild yeah. Well, there, there's that. I think and it's better, but it's harder. Just yeah. the the cost. The older you get, and the more you have on the line. Yeah. It, it gets harder and harder. 
I, I think a lot of people are afraid to ask the questions who are leading the thing because they know where it would take them and they know what it would cost them. And mm -hmm. it, it's a difficult thing, but it's, it's also like, a, I, I think this whole shift is such a messy thing because like our, um, it's one thing to say, oh, these things need to shift. And, but it's, it's like you, like our garage is a mess. It's full of stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. we need to repurpose this garage for something else. But it, it got like a thousand times messier before it got any bit different, you know, because you're taking everything yes. off, it turns into a freaking train wreck, like anxiety. And it, it's like the whole world is rearranging it at the same time. It, it's, it's a lot messier than it gets clean, you know? Yeah. And I, I yeah. think I loved how you kind of talk about that even in your coming out of like, it kind of got messier before, like you said, you had a lot of things that you were unpacking kind of got messier before it you got to the, like, the, I'm fully living in my freest, most, you know, alive mm -hmm. self. It also, it is messy. And I think I appreciated your honesty in sharing that of just, like, when you're moving towards, you know, being fully honest with who you are and aligning yourself, like, inwardly, this is who I am. These are my thoughts. These are my beliefs. And then outwardly to everybody else, there, there is, there is a cost to it. And there's, it's not just this clean line of like, and now I'm free. Yeah, So totally. And I feel like yeah. we don't, I, you know, I think when we are equipped to embrace and hold the nuance in ourselves, we can embrace and hold the nuance in other people. And I think we're, we're resistant to the ways in which we are messy and complicated and um, not always in the right, even you know, like it, there's one side of my story and I can be like, oh, and I didn't know I was gay. I met this woman and she was so spectacular. And then she made me realize I loved her. And, you know, we're about to celebrate our five-year wedding anniversary. And it's like, yeah, that, sure. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a part where I'm like, we were closeted together for three years. And, and in that was messy and complicated and hurtful. And some of my friends did feel hurt that they did it no, but I didn't know how to tell them, but that doesn't mean that it still wasn't hurtful and we were navigating these things. And I think we hurt each other's feelings some ways in that and recover and um, spent time with a therapist to, to get those things back. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's all of that has to happen. It's, you know, I don't think anyone is like, you know, I feel like I'm drinking 20% too much. I'm going to get sober. It's like, no, you wait, you go until you're like, I, if I don't get sober I'm not gonna make it like that mm. that's how that journey goes and so I think you know sometimes when we talk about these big churches and pastors there is you know empathy and compassion for the 100% absolutely the moment before you know this yeah. is you're gonna you're gonna wind it up as long as you can before you before you're forced to turn mm -hmm. like the the deeper your feet go in the sand you're like oh this is gonna it's gonna be brutal you know one, I, I love the way you framed it. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to grow. It's okay to evolve and be in a different place than you were a minute ago or 10 minutes ago or last yeah. year or all of it. And sometimes okay. it, I think, like you said, it takes it, it takes it, the old thing or the, the system you're in before really not working for you on a personal level for you to be willing to take a look at it. And like for us, even with LGBTQ, like, like we, when we first planted our church, we were not, we didn't start as affirming with like, as far as a leaders being able to come in and be held in that 
mm-hmm. that space of leadership. And then when we had a, we had, that was like the faith, that was the theology that we inherited. That was the way we viewed the Bible, whatever. But then we were faced with real people, friends who were coming out. And for me, that led me on a journey to really ask some questions because suddenly now this is my dear friend and why wouldn't she be able to be, or he be able to be held in the highest position of the church as a leader? Like, like Jesus to me, it's like all the things that I think kind of under the surface weren't lining up for me. It's like when I was faced with a real situation, suddenly I'm like, okay, I got to actually deal with this here. And we have to have these conversations. And for me, that's what led me on a journey asking those questions. Like, does God not love this person as and value their worth as much as us? Like, and if I'm holding this position about women, women, I absolutely believe that women should be able to be pastors, leaders. Why wouldn't anyone else of any who's identifying in any gender? And does this line up with who I see Jesus to be? Like, these were the questions I think that were already in my heart under the surface. Like it never really, if I'm honest, it never really lined up for me. Mm. Um, But sometimes I think we're, (laughs) she was because it didn't line up with the, with who I knew God to be. If God is love, if God is grace, if God is like, I mean, that's what drew me to Jesus in the first place was the grace, you know? And so I think, but sometimes I think it takes us bumping up against real life situations to like really go, all right, fine, (laughs) let's go, let's go there. It's going to be hard. I think, and I think you like perfectly explain it when you said, I think you, you always in the back of your mind question that, Mm -hmm. but nothing was, was forcing those questions to be real. I say this all the time. Being gay was, was not the thing. It it was not the only question I had or the only concern. I always say I'm super grateful um, for being gay because it was a thing that allowed me to acknowledge the other questions I had too. Mm, That's good. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I think where a lot of people are, if I'm being completely honest, I think a lot of people have questions. Yeah. Because yes. it doesn't make oh, yeah. sense. It doesn't make like, sense. The story we tell about God literally doesn't make sense. No. Um but unless there's something that makes those that opens the door for those questions to acknowledge, like your personal relationships with friends, um, my sexuality whatever it is, those moments have to allow us. And then once they do, I think we need to do a better job of letting people change their minds. I'm like, yes, yeah. don't come to me with somebody's tweets from 10 years ago. I don't care. My tweets from 10 years ago were also wild. So let's, let's <laughs> learn something new and let's like act accordingly um, and allow people to go on that journey. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right. The, those questions have to become real because they, they're there. There's no way that everyone's like, have to become oh, human. Oh, yeah, I yeah, get it. Totally. The Trinity. It's like ice. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> and there's water, and you pour it in the thing, and then now it all makes and sense. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, I get it. Like, no, I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. I, I love it. Like, mine was different because she was ahead of me. She just always knew intuitively, but I was the one that was handed the that theology, which is really a, a particular way of interpreting and reading the Bible. Well, you were the one that went to 10 years of seminary. 
Well, it should have been three, so that should say <laughs> but something. <whatever>. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, still ten years of uh, in this long train commute. But that was my wrestle was pushing up against everything I knew of Jesus to be true, mm-hmm. and then also coming to terms with like the research and the reality and the friends and like this sounds so like it's just what it is like um so many people in the circles that I came from essentially try to say gay is not a thing like I mean effectively like it can be changed it can be like it's a choice and then there's a realization like no no it this is you're wrong and this is reality and this this is humanity and this is friends and people and and so I'm holding these things together but I'm also the one who wrote the leadership guidelines in our church for our elder team that wanted to create these leadership guidelines. and I'm just like is a weird place to be in. And I think the big shift for me was like, I, I, I would wrestle with these two things together and I would just try to bring that in front of the community and be like, well, the Bible says this, but also I know this and I don't know what to do with these things. And then, yeah. I, and I, also we know that at all costs, we're going to love people and include no matter people. what. It's like, we couldn't like cur- mm-hmm. cross over that line all the way. It was like, but I, I think the thing that got me was, um, I think when I came to, to realize that the way that we hold the Bible, that five, like 600 years ago didn't exist. And then that one, 500 years before that didn't exist. And then that one, 500 years before that didn't exist. And then you look at the ways that power yeah. and politics and empire help shape a lot of the ways that we hold the things and how like we're in the midst of another giant shift. And then I realized, oh, we don't, we don't actually have to hold it this way. And then if I can come yeah. to that place of releasing, it, it was like a weird thing came off of me and I said, oh my gosh. Like I was being held by this particular view of how yeah. we hold the Bible. And that that set me free in a way that was, was actually a bit disorienting for quite a while. And then it's like, so we wrestled with yeah. that in a, in, a, in a leadership context. And I would be processing it with like Jen and whoever. And like, what are we doing? And then, you know, the pandemic happens. And it's like, it's just such mm-hmm. chaos during the pandemic time that we're, but, but then we start getting all nuts talking about, Black Lives Matter and racial justice. And we're like, mm-hmm. we raise all this, like we created a fund and my, it's Christine, my boss, my mentor boss, I was telling you about, <laughs> she had this idea to create this fund um, called the Enough for All Fund, where we would get people to donate and then immediately redistribute the money to the um, undocumented immigrants in our community. And we ended up yeah, raising like three quarter million dollars and like funneling it immediately into the hands of people. And like, all this is happening, but the whole time internally, like, I just know there's this whole other side. You're all, I'm fighting for the rights of the marginalized oh, in so one hard. place, but not all spaces. Like this isn't lining up. It was so hard. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard, but it's really good, you know? And I think you, there, I think our, our own dissonance, it, it is the longer we let it hit without response, like the duller it's going to get. You know, yeah. and um, mm, interesting. At That's the the mega church I I worked at, um, one of the the things I did before I left was I uh, developed a center for racial reconciliation. And Beautiful. so, I've always done anti racism work. So, with this curriculum and we do these trainings, and you know, it started a question like, how can we do this and queer people aren't included? Like mm. how? Can, not only how can we do it like practically, but also like it's kind of hard to have a conversation 
without intersectionality. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind impossible. of hard yeah. to even bring up to talk about like the black trans community and what's happening again. And uh, they were just like, we'll just do it. We just will, we'll just, you know, and I think the long, that they let it make sense to themselves eventually to where I don't think they even realized that it was like conflicting, you yeah. know? And, and I think that point you described is such a good point to be where you're like, ah, oh, this, this feels this feels I feel something and I'm gonna and I'm gonna allow it to be there um and I'm gonna move towards it um I think is amazing because that's all we can do right is is wait for for those things to get bumped into like you don't know what you don't know yeah and so you wait for something to you know come <laughs> in your life <laughs> more emojis guys more emojis, more emojis. <laughs> I just gave myself a thumbs up um, <laughs> it was a good line though it really was a good, yeah, good timing like, wow are they listening? Like, what? Who is, uh, who's doing that? She just went away. Um, I actually and, was like, maybe her wife's on the call and we didn't know it. Do we not know? I know. She's like, nice one. Nice one. Good, good <laughs> Nailed good that one, babe. Yeah. But, you know, you, you wait until those things get bumped into and you either respond or you don't. Like, that's, that's, that's right. our yeah. job, you know? Yeah. That's true. And it's a lot easier, I think, to bump up against. We've talked about this a lot on our podcast, but like to bump up against that space and then kind of turn around and go backwards because it's safer back there. Yeah. Like you said, there's certainty and there's... And you can double down And you don't there. have to push it because... And what I just so, again, appreciated about your honesty in this is like, it's true. When you bump up against those things and you decide to keep going through instead of turning around and go backwards, it, it it's not a clean... It's, it is messy sometimes and no yeah all the time maybe. but it like it's but it, it's like even messy this is where like marriage life profession everything we're always a, my wife and I was like is it complicated who cares is it hard I don't know is it real and is it honest that's all that matters yeah um if it's real then it's great. Let's do it. Yeah. Like if this is a real feeling you have and it's going to hurt my feelings, if you tell me, tell me all I, all I want is real. And yeah. I feel like that is when you get a taste of, of something for so long and you're like, did I, you know, I look back and I'm like, how much of that was real? Mm. Did I have this? I had all these questions that I wasn't allowed to acknowledge. I had these things I wasn't, it wasn't real. And, and even though I think it's just, it's messy. And I always say, I left, a, I left a castle on a cliff. I walked to the edge. There were like foggy clouds. So I was like, I'm going to jump off. I don't know if I'm going to hit water. I don't know if I'm going to hit ground. I don't even know what's there. And, but I like, I ha like, I can either go back in the castle and pretend like I never saw this edge mm. or I can jump, you know? And I think, the reality is I jumped and I eventually found this island that I didn't know existed that is wonderful and beautiful. But in between, I was like kind of drowning for a day. I was like dehydrated. <laughs> I was like looking for help. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, salty. My hair was a mess. Like it wasn't like, oh, wow, I left this beautiful thing to this beautiful thing. No, it does not um, work like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't think any one of us who have, who have made that jump would trade it for anything. It wasn't easy. It wasn't beautiful. It was messy. It was hard. Um, and I do it again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, your book is called Worth It. 
So (laughs) (laughs) obviously (laughs) you, I love that, but what, what do you think makes it worth it to live in alignment, to follow those questions, to take the leap? Like, I mean, cause it's so freaking hard sometimes. So what, why, Yeah. what makes it worth it? You know, I have a tattoo right here on my arm and it's like facing me and it just says stay awake. Mm. And I think, you know, no one knows for sure what all we all we know is right now um and i think you know you can't Brene Brown always says like you can't selectively numb yep yeah um and i think it's actually really hard to live in a world where you don't acknowledge your doubts or your fears or your questions it's it's hard to live in that world where you have to shut off certain parts of your brain just to like exist as you are that is incredibly actually difficult yeah um and so when i think about the hard work that it takes to be authentic to be awake to be true to be real i'm like so you're telling me it's gonna be hard either way yeah i'm always gonna choose the hard that's gonna actually give me a real present experience in this life i want all the joy and i want all the pain i do not want to numb or cut out any of it um, because that's hard too. So yeah. if, if I'm going to do something hard, I'm going to, I'm going to choose the hard work that's going to put me, um, in the most present place I could be to experience all that I have to experience here. Um, and that, that is just always worth it to me because it's not like there's one easy and one not hard. It, it's hard or hard. Yep. Um, it's hard to sleep or it's hard awake. I'm going to do hard awake. Yeah. That's Beautiful. Good. That's really good. And it's so, it is hard when you're not living in alignment. Like it, there, it is, mm-hmm. it's hard. And I loved how you yeah. said, oh gosh, what was it? Um, you said something in the book about like, <laughs> once you've kind of in your mind stepped over a line, like you've re- had new realizations or new truth has been brought to light, or you've had some sort of growth. You're like, you already are in the process, you're already on the train or I don't know, you said something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because you're like, you're already heading down a path. You might yeah. as well, I don't know. Do you want to speak into that a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think that you, once you, your eyes are open to something, you could, you could try to shut them all you want. But I think once that, that train is at the station, it's gone. And now you're in the tension of, well, now I've seen this or I know this. Am I going to let it be true? It already is. And it's already going to be there, but it is your life going to reflect it. And I think that's, that's where most people, whether they want to or not find themselves. Right. Even like we saw um, a couple of summers ago with, with black lives matter, with, with um, the murder of George Floyd, you could, you could negotiate however you want, but your eyes were open to something. Yeah. Um, And now what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. It, whether or not you ever acknowledge it or you participate in any anti-racism, it's still, the train is at the station. You yeah. know that there is massive injustice happening. So you either choose to shove it down or you act on it. But once it's out, it's out. Yeah. It's good. It's so good. This has been really fun. Can I ask her one more so question? Fun. Can I ask you one more question? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we're wrapping it up. We <laughs> we're only in like this is our third one of the season. Yes. Is that correct? Um, but we are asking everyone this question. So what is giving you hope right now this season? Ooh, love that question. Ooh, okay. Uh, I feel incredibly hopeful, actually, um, currently. I think what, this is, okay, this is great. This is a great question. And I haven't <laughs> thought through this or or tried to articulate any of this, but um, I think one of the most hopeful things that I see, and just this is in my, the people closest to me in my community and my, my family and friends, um, I see the work that everyone is doing and it's, that makes me so hopeful. Like mm. um, with us and our best friends, we're calling this our, our therapy year. I just think we're all in some deep, deep work right now. And um, that's beautiful to me because yeah. I think uh, when I look around, what we're in need of is is some real healing. And I mean that environmentally, yeah. uh, socially, relationally. Uh, but I see that work being put in, um, in all those ways. And and I think I, I feel hope, hope about that. So great. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's giving me hope too. When I look a lot around. of hours of therapy in this year as well. <laughs> we agree. I know. I'm like, shout out to the therapist. I don't know when y'all Seriously. sleep because I feel like we are just running them ragged, but very grateful. What? Well, I, I, I love your hope too, because there's so much talk around deconstruction and all that, but there's such a new thing mm-hmm. emerging and such a, a new yeah. healthy iteration that's being born now that I think is, is so beautiful. Cause we're like, okay, there's one way to hold the scripture and all of that, but there's a whole nother way to hold it as well that is, mm-hmm. is quite beautiful. And there's like a reemergence of a, a really beautiful, profound spirituality and faith and Christianity and all of it, you know? I, I think yeah, I think these are really exciting, hopeful times. Yes, me too. <laughs> uh, okay, so wait, where can we, where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me. So on the Instagrams, I'm at Britt Barron, one T, two R's. Um, you can, uh, I'll have a new book coming out at some point in the future of the universe. Uh, so <laughs> Definitive. <laughs> yes, yes. That is as how I feel about it right now. Um, and then if you're interested in what we're doing at New Abbey, um, newabbeychurch.org, uh, and you can find out all the all the info there. Sweet. Great. And then obviously your website as well, brittbaron.com has your oh, anti-racism mm-hmm. work and guides and as well. That is also, yes. Thank you. <laughs> We're checking it out. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love what you're doing. Awesome. So grateful for you. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com for coaching resources and events. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.